In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Today, the, the Church celebrates the Feast of St. Matthias, who becomes an Apostle of our Lord, but in a very peculiar circumstance, in that he's elected in order to take the place of Judas, who failed, as he failed in his role as a disciple, as an Apostle of our Lord, And so Matthias is, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Peter stands up among all the people, all the, about 120 people gathered together, the Acts of the Apostles tells us. And he's the one who announces that uh, Judas was numbered among us and was allotted a share in this ministry. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his encampment become desolate and may no one dwell in it. And may another take his office. And St. Peter is fulfilling his role as the vicar of Christ, as the Pope, and directing that the, the place of Judas should be taken by another. That the, the college, the group of apostles should be 12. And it's interesting how it takes place. Um, this is before Pentecost. And, and Peter is, again, directing the, the growth of the church. Therefore, it is necessary that one of the men who accompanied us the whole time, the Lord Jesus came and went among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day on which he was taken up from us, become with us a witness to the resurrection. Um, the the requirements for being an apostle, uh, a witness, is to be a witness of all that had taken place with Jesus and to have been around them and heard our, Lord wor our Lord's words. From the baptism of John until the day on which he was taken up from us, the ascension which had just happened not too long ago. So they proposed two. Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also known as Justice and Matthias. The thing is, Joseph is called Barsabbas, and he's also known as Justice. He has three names in the, in the, in the Acts of the Apostles here. And then Matthias. Then they prayed. You, Lord, know the hearts of all. Show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this apostolic ministry from which Judas turned away to go to his own place. Then they gave lots to them, and the lot fell upon Matthias. And he was counted with the eleven apostles. The, um, the requirements are clear. 
and I think makes sense to us. But the lots, the th casting of lots is a little bit different. Um, kind of, it sounds strange, I think, to us, you know, that they would, they would leave it up to this apparent luck. But it was a custom recognized by the Jews. That's how the high priest would serve in the temple. There was a pool of priests, and then he would cast lots. It tells Zechariah when he was told by Gabriel that, uh, that he was going to be a dad of John the Baptist. Um, it's, he, he, the lot fell to him to be attending the temple at that time, to be carrying out the duties of the high priest. And so it's not something that is unheard of or, or, or strange. It's part of, it was part of their Jewish custom and culture. And so, but it's also true that human intervention is part of it. That Peter says there's requirements for this, and they present too. They decide. There's human, there's human intervention. But the lot, the casting, falls to Matthias. And they see in that the hand of God. He receives the vocation, the call. What we would call a traditional vocation, a call from God that arrives to him in this special way. And certainly a grace-filled way, in the way that the Scripture presents it to us. A vocation in the traditional sense that God has intervened. And we don't, people can receive vocations, as you know. It doesn't have to be by this kind of method. It's usually discerned in prayer, in, in, in an interior life, in realizing that Jesus, God, is calling us. And we see that he's calling us, and it's from him. It's not my idea, but his. That's part of the interesting, if, you, if we think about this, putting ourselves into the scene and on the, the occasion of the Feast of St. Matthias, I'm asking, and let's ask his intercession, to help us to see what God wants for us and to be faithful to it. His situation is a little bit different. He's, he's taking the place of one who had not been faithful. And tradition tells us he was faithful because about 30 years later he died. Tradition says stoned to death in Palestine. And it's interesting to think how he felt when he was presented by the apostles, okay, Matthias, and then Barsabbas, or Justice, or whatever, Joseph, whoever he is. And then when it fell to Matthias, I, mean, I don't know if it's congratulations all around, or maybe, oh, this is, not, this, is not, this is not too great. I mean, Jesus was condemned as a, uh, on the cross. Things are kind of hot in Jerusalem. The apostles, for the most part, were behind locked doors. We don't know. And maybe he was very happy and excited to be counted among the twelve and to go out. And he was certainly, the Holy Spirit would help him in that, in that, in that job that he had and help him. And, and the Holy Spirit did help him because he was faithful and he was a martyr, tradition tells us. We don't know too much about his life. But I, I think he was. But it's interesting to think, what happened to Joseph or Barsabbas? He was qualified. He was a follower. He had been also, he had fulfilled the requirements, the requirements that Peter set out. Being with them and hearing and learning the teachings from the baptism of John to the ascension of our Lord. That's about two and a half years. 
what I don't think happened, now this is interpretation, it's personal, but I don't think that Barsabbas kind of left, oh, they don't want me, or I'm not useful. I think he, I'm sure, I like, well, morally sure that he continued as a follower of our Lord. He continued embracing the message that Jesus had preached. He spent two and a half years listening, being faithful, persevering. And I think he was a devoted follower of our Lord. And this is not in any way to take away from today is St. Matthias' day. And again, we ask his intercession to help us, just as we do in the opening prayer of today's Mass. O God, O God, who assigned St. Matthias a place in the College of Apostles, grant us through his intercession that rejoicing at how your love has been allotted to us, we may merit to be numbered among the elect. Through his intercession that we may rejoice in how we've discovered the love of God, how it's been allotted to us, so that we may, be, we may get to heaven. And I think Joseph Barsabbas also responded to this grace and is in heaven. I don't think he would have left. Because he discovered the teaching of Jesus Christ. And he was obviously incarnating making it his own, the teaching of Jesus Christ. And he'd been doing so for a while. And even though he was not called to be an apostle, he was still called to be a witness of that teaching. He was a Christian. He was baptized. And this is the, the, at least a part of our prayer this afternoon to realize that you know, maybe in our prayer, in our interior life, we discover God is giving us a vocation, that he's asking us in a particular way. But regardless of that, we receive this particular vocation, as Matthias, Matthias did as an apostle. We are all Christians. We've all been baptized. Or I assume everybody here has been baptized. And we have appropriated, we, we, are, we can appropriate the name Christian. And let's consider what that means. A follower of Christ. It means to be faithful, freely accepting this identity that we, that we hopefully claim for ourselves. I am a Christian. I am Baptist. I follow Christ. And this identity should be more than just a veneer in our lives. Because the name Christian in and of itself, is extremely important. Extremely, it's, it's, it's part of an identity, a deep identity. And to be faithful to that identity is what our Lord asks of all his followers. To be faithful to the identity of, of Christian to imitate him, to know his life, to preach his life by our example, by our word. And to see, is, is that the, that I would, for myself, 
I would like to be able to transmit. Obviously, as a priest, I have a, a, a public kind of recognition of that by the sacrament of orders. But St. Josemaria would preach that all those who have been baptized have this responsibility of being identified and known as a Christian in their daily lives. There are no second-class Christians, and it's not something that holiness and sanctity, which any of you have been uh, attending meditations or recollections, retreats sponsored by the work, Opus Dei, now, that was central to his, to his preaching, that, that everyone is called to be saints. There are no second-class Christians. But that will only take root in our lives if we have a sense of this identity. Matthias' life was changed. Now he's an apostle, and he's been, he's been now given that responsibility, burdened with the responsibility of being an apostle, and to continue the work in the, with the other apostles. And with that, that special role. But every Christian should have this sense of, this, is, this is, should be the driving point of my life, the, the, the viewpoint from which I engage the world and all the, about me. This is the way I look at, at I, I look at things. I am a Christian. I'm a follower of our Lord. This is part of our deepest identity. The deepest one is being a son of God, which comes with baptism. A Christian. It's real. There's a great explanation, example, or playing out of this and in the, demonstrated in this book, Crossing the Threshold of Hope, which is um, an interview with, with St. John Paul II not too long after he was elected Pope. And in the first question the interviewer asks, more or less in these words, I am paraphrasing, but he says, you know, you, you have the title, you've been elected Pope or you are the Pope, and people call you the Vicar of Christ on earth, or they call you Holy Father or your holiness. The Pope for, the, for Christians, for believers, is, for them, is not God's representative. He is, instead, the surviving witness of ancient myths and legends today that the adult does not accept. This is the, these are the people who have trouble with your holiness, our Holy Father. He's God's representative, but not God's representative, but a surviving witness of ancient myths. May I ask, have you ever once hesitated in your belief in your relationship with Jesus Christ and therefore with God? Have you ever had not doubts, but at least questions and problems about the truth of this creed which is repeated at each Mass and which proclaims an unprecedented faith of which you are the highest guarantor? That this idea that you, you, this role that you have of being the, the, a witness, a representative of Jesus Christ, the vicar of Christ, taking his place. That this is a, um, it's, um, it's a title that would, does it make you afraid? And it's a pretty big deal, obviously, to be the Pope. But in, the, in his answer, going through trust in God, Peter's role, what Peter represented, 
and how Peter had his feelings, but not to be afraid. The Holy Father, St. John Paul II, says, once again concerning the names, the Pope is called the Vicar of Christ. This title should be considered within the entire context of the Gospel. Before ascending to heaven, Jesus said to the apostles, I am with you always until the end of the age. Though invisible, he is personally present in his church. He is likewise present in each Christian by virtue of baptism and the other sacraments. It was usual to say as early as the era of the fathers of the church, the early centuries of Christianity, Christianus alter Christus, the Christian is another Christ. Meaning by this to emphasize the dignity of the baptized and his, and his vocation through Christ to holiness. The Holy Father reminds him that uh, the vocation of, of, all, of all the baptized is to be another Christ. And therefore you should engage the world on these terms with the eyes of Christ. The vocation to holiness is for everyone. And if you, even if you're the Pope, to a certain degree, being a Christian is more important, even though you have the title Vicar of Christ, or Matthias has the title of Apostle, being a Christian is, is more important, more life-changing. And the Pope will make that explicit at the end of his answer. To allay some of your... To, uh, to allay to some degree your fears you know, about this title and what it means that people are afraid of the title Vicar of Christ, the Pope continues, which seemed to arise from your profound faith, I would suggest reading the reading of St. Augustine, who often repeated, Vobisum Episcopus Vobiscum Christianus. I am a bishop for you. I am a Christian with you. And the Pope ends, St. John Paul II ended by saying, on further reflection, Christianus has far greater significance than Episcopus, even if the subject is the Bishop of Rome. Christian, Christian a follower of Christ, has a far greater significance than Bishop, even if the subject, the Bishop, is the Bishop of Rome who's the first among equals, from that sea of Peter, the sea of Rome, the place of Rome, governing in the whole church and, and having the title Vicar of Christ. That's quite a statement, and that applies to everyone here who's baptized. to be another Christ. And we can ask our Lord to help us. And St. Matthias, and I believe Barnabas, Joseph is also in heaven. To see the great dignity, but also the great responsibility that comes with being a Christian. That we would also be, as Pope Francis says of Matthias, because he was chosen to take the place of Judas, he becomes a witness of the resurrection, or he is a witness of the resurrection, but he's also a witness of the love of God, the gift of the love of God, by proclaiming the death, the passion, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ.
but a Christian should also proclaim the passion and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and proclaim in their lives, in our lives, the witness of the gift of this love of God. And that should be present in our lives, something that in a certain way does define us. Not too long ago, well, several months ago, I should say, the, the, the prelate of Opus Dei, Fernando Ocardis, Monsignor Fernando Ocardis, uh, gave a class in Rome to some of the fellows who are studying there in, the, in a, a center of formation. And he, it's about the centrality of Christ in, in our lives. And it's something, a topic that he's often brought up in his preaching or his catechesis, get-togethers with people, that was present in his first letter as, as, the, as the prelate of Opus Dei. And I'd like to read uh, part of what he said in that class. He said, speaking about Christ does not mean only in words, but is reflected in one's own life. Show clearly, and I think, these words, I think these words might be from the founder, St. Josemaria. Show clearly that you are Christ by your lives, your love, your spirit of service, your hard work, your understanding, your zeal for souls, your cheerfulness. Show clearly that you are Christ by all these things. Love, spirit of service, hard work. Understanding, zeal for souls, forgiveness. That would be a wonderful testimony if we could say that's true. And, and being Christians, it, it, we would be somehow defrauding, we would be somehow abdicating our responsibility, somehow moving towards the camp of, this is strong words, I know, a camp of Judas, if we were, if we were not doing that. Be, letting our Lord down in a way. Because we're not living up to that. I, I, I don't, I was trying to think of an example. I don't know, a, a man who says he's a soldier, or wants to be a soldier, yeah, thinks it'd be great too, but and doesn't want the discipline or the training or the necessary dedication of time to learn what it takes to do that. Well, that that's, doesn't make sense person who wants to be a, an academic, a professor, and doesn't take the time to read, to study, to, to talk about that topic, to, to instruct on it, but say there's a disconnect. And a Christian who is not this, who is in no way salt or light of the world, we can have our defects and we can have our weaknesses, and we, it doesn't mean our whole life, every moment, 24 Hour, you know, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year has to be always super edifying because we will have our weakness. That's part of the process. But if there isn't that desire to be light and salt, light of the world, reflecting the light of Christ, the salt, the good doctrine of Christ in our words, our deeds, um, we haven't grasped the great dignity of a Christian that John Paul II is presenting. Christian is more important than bishop, 
even as the Bishop of Rome, because that's a much, there's a much more central ontological identity. In this class, Monsignor Fernando Arcardis goes on to say that, he says, I remember a picture that I received years ago of a crucifix without arms from the German city of Munster. Instead, on the crossbeam, that is where the, where the arms would be outstretched, there's no arms. And so instead, um, on this crossbeam is written, now you are my hands. This happened because the figure was broken by a bomb during the war, and when the church was rebuilt, instead of restoring the arms, he says, the inscription was added. It is really like this. Our Lord wants to work, and he, 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 he does it through us, but not as a paintbrush or any other instrument, but as something that is with his arms, his hands, because we are the body of Christ, alter Christianus. Alter Christus. St. Hosmer would say, Alter Christus, another Christ, Ipse Christus, Christ, Christ himself, to be witnesses. And we should be witnesses to everyone, and especially these days, our, our, in our culture. And I was recently reading an author who says, you know, we, we have it a little bit more difficult to attract people to Christ, perhaps, because we live in a post-Christian world in a sense that Christianity has, has been tried by some but not, not completely embraced and, and left off. And he uses C.S. Lewis's analogy that instead of trying to bring people to Christ in the, in the, the analogy, the comparison of wooing a person, a young, a young lady, it's, it's trying to bring back and, and kindle the flames of uh, an older divorcee, you know? It's kind of a more difficult path. But our Lord still asks us to be witnesses to his teaching and to have the faith that it, we do our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Son of God made man who suffered and died for us is the, is the answer to all the questions of human life and all the all the, all the desires of the human heart. And it's precisely through especially those, everyone, all Christians, some have a vocation, a particular calling, but everyone is Christian if you're baptized and should have that desire to bring the, the world to our Lord. I'd like to read, to end one more paragraph, this one from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Since, like all the faithful lay Christians are entrusted with, by God with the apostolate by virtue of their baptism and confirmation, they have the right and the duty, individually are grouped in associations to work so that the divine message of salvation may be known and accepted by all men throughout the earth. This duty is more pressing when it is only through them that men can hear the gospel and know Christ. Their activity in ecclesial communities is so necessary that for the most part, and this is the real, I always emphasize this, that the apostolate of pastors cannot be fully effective without it. Those who are ordained. 
ministers. God has, you know, you, 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 has, is relying on you. The people you live with, the people that you, your colleagues, your friends, the people you work with, that they would share in, in your dreams. And I hope your dream is to make the world a better place, to be a good professional, to desire to excel in whatever you do, is, uh, whatever you like, but as a Christian, a follower of Christ. Let's be determined to do so and to be convinced that you and I, that you have the grace to do that because God is counting on it. And let's ask Our Lady, as we always do, we go to her to the end of our prayer because she's a wonderful intercessor and especially this month of May, we try to pay special attention to her. We ask her, invoke her under the, of the titles Queen of Apostles and Mother of Christians to help us to fulfill any resolutions that we may make that we have made in this time of prayer. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.